Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode number 475. In 2019, 82.56% of Americans lived in urban areas, which is defined as an area with more than 2,500 people. And there are only four states with a majority of the population still living in rural areas. Can you guess all four of those states? Think about it. I love me a good college town. They're great. Whenever we travel, Heath, I always want, if there's a college in the area, like I love going to that college. There's something about a college town that I, that I really, really enjoy. But if you're there for four or five or six or seven years, maybe they start to get a little old because you have to be there. And how neat would it be? We're going to be talking about small towns today. How neat would it be to be able to continue your education while bumping around to multiple small towns or even big cities to continue your studies while traveling so you can bounce around to any small town or big city you want and you can do that with online learning, especially through Oregon State eCampus. They're now ranked number four by U.S. News and World Report. They have over 80 programs all online so that you can have the freedom to roam while continuing your studies. You could check out everything that they have over at ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts. Remember, use our special link so the good folks over there in Corvallis, a small town in Oregon, they know that you came from us. That's ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash peanuts. Lightning struck in an open plain And we forgot this old city's name See your breath on window pane Let's just talk Till it strikes again On my way through I saw you on my way through Hey everyone, I am Trav and joining me today is a small town girl herself, Heather. Yes, and I see you over there trying to cover up the notes. I'm not looking at the notes. I know. Okay, I'm not. You're not looking <laughs> at the notes. Do you have? You came from a very, very small town. Well, I mean, a few small towns. I, I'm always confused. Is your hometown where you're born, or like where you grew up? I think it's where you grew up. Okay, but I was born in a small town, and I grew up. In a small town. So you really are a small town girl. Yes. But now that we're nearing a certain age, I have lived almost half of my life in an urban area outside Philadelphia. But yes, I am a small town girl at heart, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I guess you are wondering if I know the answer to your intro fact. Well, well, I do. <laughs> I do wonder that. But one of the things before we even get into that, that I've always found a bit interesting is that even though you come from small towns, you, you are definitely more, let's say cultured or you enjoy things that bigger cities and areas have more than me who just grew up in kind of your very typical suburban environment outside of a big city, that big city being Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I remember the first time my mom met you, she's like, she doesn't seem like someone from Northeast PA. And I'm like, Okay, that's good. I uh, my mom <laughs> giving a compliment there. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from. Your interests can be what you like. So I was always interested in fashion and home art. design and art and culture and travel. Uh, so yeah, even though I was from a small town, I still really enjoyed learning about those things. So yes, also I was a senior or junior in college when your mother met me. So I had had at least two years of some type of experience outside of a small town. Well, I mean, my gosh, you're making it sound like I grew up, you know, no, in no, the middle I, of nowhere. And listen, I don't actually have anything against small. I actually really, really enjoy small towns and have started to feel more of a pull to spend more time in small towns and to live in smaller towns than bigger cities. So it's certainly not a 
not a negative thing in my mind at all. It's just the difference in our brain. I mean, you were in a you were in a small town that was surrounded by a very rural area. Yes, I grew up. I will let everybody know it's not a big deal. I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania in a small town called Montrose, which is about forty minutes north of Scranton, which a lot of people know because of the, of course, office. the office and also Joe Biden. Our president, you know, grew sure. up in that area before, I guess, he went to went Delaware, to Delaware yeah. and all of that. So, yes. Scranton's I, having a moment. <laughs> it's been having a moment for a while now. But, yes, I grew up in that area of Pennsylvania. Um, but I was born in New Hampshire, and a lot of my family is still in New Hampshire. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know we spend a lot of time in New England. So, we will be talking about some fun towns, small towns up there. In this episode. Yeah. So, all right. Four states with the majority of the population still living in rural areas. Now, a rural area, like I said, is constituted as 2,500 people or less, which to me, uh, that an urban area does <laughs> not mean 2,500 people no. or more like that. No, because the population of Montrose, where I grew up, I think was 2,700. Right. So, like, or, consider, you know, uh, so that would be that'd be urban. urban. <laughs> this is just by, like, whatever, the, the census or the bureau at the U.S. government said rural is defined as 2,500 people or less. So, that's a... That's a very specific number. But there are four states with the majority of that population still living in rural areas. Okay. Just... Take a guess. I mean, probably some in New England, but also I'm thinking out west. And my first thought was Alaska, but I guess even though it's not heavily populated, there's probably more population in cities. Probably. So, and, and those cities are so big. Yeah. The, the city limits up in Alaska are huge because yeah. they just constantly- So probably not, not Alaska. Alaska. That was my first thought though, just because of it being so remote. But probably Montana, my guess would be so Montana. here's what's shocking. Also N not? None of the western- I'll get like North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, yeah. Montana, none of them, which I, I guess, again, because there's, it's just so sparsely populated that most of the population does live in what is constituted as urban okay. areas, so like Cheyenne and Wyoming. All right, even well, this tiny. is a tricky question then. I mean, Maine, maybe? Yes. Bing, 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 bing. Uh, New Hampshire? Not, no. Not Vermont? New Hampshire. Vermont. Um, maybe something in the South. Yeah, you're, you're good. All right. I'll give them, you're, you're in the right areas. Yeah. Vermont and Maine, dead on. Mississippi. Okay. And then this one would be very hard to get. It, when I tell you it, you might be like, oh, that makes sense. But it, it, it kind of doesn't fit with the areas around it maybe. And that's West Virginia. Oh. So that, yeah. that may have taken a I mean, long time Virginia, to get. I mean, not Virginia because it's massive and has right. Richmond and some other bigger cities, but. Yeah, no, so Vermont, Virginia. Maine, Mississippi, West Virginia has a majority of their population yeah. still living in rural areas. So that's a fun one. If you guys got any of those, <laughs> that was that was really good because when I first saw this, I immediately thought Wyoming. Yeah. But then I realized just there's no one there. Like there's rural <laughs> area, but no one's living in yeah, those rural sure. areas. So the population, yeah. Um Awesome. So we got this idea for the best small towns in the U.S. from a travel and leisure article that was the 11 of the best small towns in America. And they define a small town as 15,000 people or more. And then a lot you of mean numbers. 15,000 people or less? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. 15,000 <laughs> okay. people or less. Um, and then a lot of stuff I was reading online says 25,000 or less. So how we're going to define it for our list is just whatever we feel like putting on the list is on the list. If we feel like it has a small town feel. But they are they are smaller. It's not like yeah. we're talking about 150,000 people. Well, we'll give you, and yeah, for each one, we'll give you the populations. Uh, the travel and leisure list was said 15,000. So I'll just run through their list so people have this for reference. Mm -hmm. Some of these will find their way on our list. I have a question. Am I allowed to look at the computer screen now? You can look at the computer now screen now. that we are done with the why intro fact yes. trivia question. Why don't question? you run through the list? <laughs> you just read them out. Okay, so and some of these we have been to and some of them we haven't been to. Telluride, Colorado. Yep. Which we haven't been to. Uh, Carmel by the Sea, California. Have been. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. Sedona. Love it. Hudson, New York. Haven't been there. Nope, but I am obsessed with the Hudson River Valley recently. You were for a while and then I, we just, it's close enough for us to go to and we haven't really explored it much. Yeah. So we'll I get there. I think it's becoming popular. Um, I mean, it's always been popular, but I think with people moving out of New York City after the past year we've had, 
even more popular. Uh, Beaufort, South Carolina. We have not been, but have heard amazing things from our friends over at Y Travel Blog who mm-hmm. spent some time there. St. Augustine, Florida. One of my faves. Uh, I have never been. Love that town. One of the first small towns I fell in love with when I took a road trip when I was 18. Kennebunkport, Maine. Been there many times. Uh, Grand Marais, Minnesota. We have not, no, been. have not been. And, and all of you guys who love, love, who we, you know, we did a podcast talking about road trips and we said we wanted to do the Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin road trip. And a lot of you sent <laughs> us messages on Instagram. Thank you. Being like, yes, you have to do it. Tons of suggestions for us. Um, so this, I mean, this just makes me want to do it even yeah. more. Okay, so Grand Marais, Minnesota. Mackinac Island, Michigan. Another one that yeah, people were highly just highly recommend, coming but we've for. never been. Whitefish, Montana. I haven't been. Have you? No, but have heard amazing things. And I love small towns in Montana. We'll talk about that. Stowe, Vermont, which we have driven through on the way to some breweries, but haven't spent much time. Right. Like we, yeah, we've driven through, but I wouldn't say we've been. And that's, so that, that's it. That's the travel and leisure list. So, of course, we have to outdo that list, mostly because we love to talk, I suppose. But we have how many travel? We have 15, but we have quite a few honorable mentions and these honorable mentions are ones we want to go to that we haven't been to and this is mostly my list actually i think (laughs) i made this list and you saw how big it was and you said i'm not even going to bother you can just read through this list so these are small towns that we want to go to but we haven't been to before and then our actual list are all towns we've been to one of us has been to yes Yes. So once we want to go to Bend, Oregon, this is the biggest one on the list. People are going to say 93,000 people trapped. First off, if you know it's 93,000, good on you. You're probably <laughs> Bend resident. That's too big. I don't know. I haven't been there. But when we talk about it, people, it seems like it would have a cool small town feel. Plus the last blockbuster in the U.S. is there. That constitutes a small town for me. So Bend, <laughs> Is it still there now, yes, currently? Last one in the entire okay. U.S. in Bend, Oregon. So Bend, Oregon, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, uh, 50,000 people. And so I just read this pretty big, fastest growing real estate market in the entire U S beautiful. I mean, awesome town on a beautiful lake in a beautiful part of the country. Why wouldn't you want to go there? Whitefish, Montana, which was on travel and leisure's list. Uh, 7,000 people haven't been, have heard great things and small towns in Montana are cool. Uh, Crested Butte or Telluride. I'm lumping them together. Yeah. Because why not? yeah, why not? Exactly. Uh, Osage Beach on Lake of the Ozarks. I put this on here because we watched Ozark and, <laughs> I, you know, it's a part of the country neither of us have ever explored. Sure. So I had to look up what the towns were there. So that was the one that came mm-hmm. up that seemed interesting. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, to me, this is like the epitome of a small town. Um, Why? Uh, well, because... I, Mostly because of the NFL and because of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, but like, so then how is it small if it has a Well, it's by far the smallest team. town that has a national football team and the team is owned by the is owned by individuals, not by one owner. So they're a bunch of shareholders. So that just seems like it's a very organic way of a football team coming about. So interesting. Uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. I, I really, I mean, I don't know. In I don't, the summer. In yeah. the summer. I'm <laughs> the not summer. going there. I'm not going yeah, with those like cheese said, heads when it's cold. This is a gone. lot of your list. I mean, obviously, I would want to go to Crested Butte, Telluride, uh, Coeur d'Alene, Whitefish, and Bend. But the All right. last ones. The last ones. Lake Town in Minnesota. I did. I don't care which one. Just any. <laughs> yeah, because you guys have talked about how amazing Lake Towns are in Minnesota. So I, I, I yeah, don't I care. Would definitely just plot me on any, and I'll have a good time. <laughs> Love you. And that's Superior that touches Minnesota. Oh, come on, I don't have a map up, so I don't want to sound dumb. So. I feel like that's right. That's I can, probably. Right. I can fact. Check uh, this. There, and then um, Saratoga Springs in New York, which my good buddy and college roommate Z, uh, always talks about. And I would love to go up in August for the horse race for the Travers. Um, upstate New York has some really, really cool small towns, including one that we're going to talk about. So again, not loving those small towns in the winter, but in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of your small towns are in the South. Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I went East or I mean, I went, I went like North and and west. Yeah, north and west a little bit. Hey, that's all right. We have done a lot of town, small towns on the eastern coast, which is, I think our list is pretty heavy on that. Yeah. I, let's I think, just jump in. Let's jump in. So we're going to give you our 15 best small towns in the U.S. 
usually when we do a list, we make our own list and we don't look at it. But this time we made the list together and we are not ranking them one to 15. We are going geographically starting in the east and working our way west because we thought that would be more uh, interesting to do this way. So these are not in any particular order. So when we say number one, we're not really saying this is the best. But Heather will... Yeah, Heather's going to tell you that this number one, I mean, this is where her heart lies. Go ahead. So we're talking about small towns in Maine, and there are so many. So it's not just one specific town, although Travel and Leisure did put Kenny Bunkport on the list, which has 11,500 people. So it meets their requirement of being under 15,000. Squeaks in. there are even smaller towns that hold my heart that I have been to many times. Now, York Beach, Maine is kind of the first beach town in southern Maine that you come to. And so it is pretty crowded and growing up. I feel like, you know, we had some smaller beach time there, but now it's just like so crowded. But I feel, yeah, it's still really and I think charming. beach towns in and of themselves, as people have gotten more money and been able to afford stuff like that, that, that a lot have become just more popular, more populated, but that's fine. It's still charming. Great shops, cute little restaurants, uh, just really a fun, charming town. And then if you want something that's not as crowded, the beach town north of there is Ogunquit. That's before you get to Kennebunkport. And that only has 900 people living there permanently. And the beach is bigger. And that's the thing about York. Uh, the town is really cute, but the beaches are so small. Uh, so if you go up a little bit north to Ogunquit and some of the other beaches before you get to Kennebunkport, they won't be as crowded. And you can do all of that because they're really about 20 to 30 minutes in between these beach towns. So you can go and set up base in one town and then just kind of go and see some of the other ones because they're really just so charming and so beautiful. And we did a road trip to Biddeford, um, Maine, which is not on the beach, but the beach that is next to there is Old Orchard Beach. And that was not very crowded at all. Of course, we were there in, in the fall. Yeah, late September, early October, I believe. So, so it was starting to get a little cold up there. Yeah, but it was really beautiful to be there in that time of year, even though we weren't swimming, but it was very peaceful. And so good food, just wonderful, like good donuts, good lobster rolls, like the best lobster roll I've ever had at Bite Into Maine. They have multiple locations. So yeah. Yeah, just small Maine, Maine towns, awesome. Heather really... Uh, and her family really showed me how awesome Maine small towns were because I'd never been to Maine before we met. And we just would go and do that kind of trip, start in York, work our way up all the way basically to, to Portland. Um, and those are just beautiful ones. In Bidford, we have to give a shout out to the Palace Diner. Mm-hmm. Um, best breakfast we've ever had in our life. So yeah, for a small town in Maine, Bidford has uh, some stuff going on there, foodie-wise, and, and then Portland, of course, has a lot as well. Staying in the New England area, and, but just moving over a state, and I believe this is, I'm looking through Okay, it's not the biggest one on our list. It's the second biggest one on our list. But actually, technically, if you're moving over from east to west, New Hampshire would be first. You have Burlington as number two, but that's in Vermont. So actually, right, New fine. Hampshire. We'll switch, fine, we'll switch the list up. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, fine. You well, get, geographically, I'm just letting you know. Yeah, all right, you give your new New Hampshire number two, the now number two, which new was number, number three, but is flip-flopping, Wolfboro, New Hampshire. This little town is on Lake Winnipesaukee, and it's just such a charming, quaint little town. We love going to Winnipesaukee. Uh, Heather a- grew up going there. Heather's dad, at, when he was a kid, grew up going there and was one of the, had one of the first houses, their family, on that and lake before the first- it was water skiing club. He was the first water skier <laughs> on the lake as legend well, goes. Well, I think it was his brothers and actually he drove the boat or something. But anyway. Okay, okay. That whole crew, they were kind of the first water skiers um, back in the day there. And so it's just talk about small town charm. You have this beautiful lake that's very clear. I fear not like coming from Pennsylvania where the lakes are not really even swimmable. Yeah. The lakes in New England are just much nicer and clearer, especially at least the big ones. Of course, you have some murkier lakes, but the big ones are just so wonderful and beautiful for boating and swimming. And Winnipesaukee itself has so many islands and it's a very large lake. So if you have a boat, you can explore it and spend a lot of time 
there. And then there's a couple towns around the lake, but Wolfboro, I think is my favorite just because we usually go to Meredith, which is where my mom lives nearby. Um, so we've been there a lot, which is another beautiful little town. But Wolfboro, just because we haven't been there a lot, it is a, is a more... quintessential lake town. Yes. And uh, plus, Jimmy Fallon has, li- a, house has a house there. I've never seen him. Never but... seen him. But, you know, it just, Wolfboro is cool. They've got a little brewery, they've got some ice cream shops, they've got some restaurants. Obviously, it's really packed in the summer because everyone comes up to the lake houses. But Yeah, but the beaches there, I feel like there's some public beaches and we've been to them in the summer and they yeah. haven't been overly it's crowded. Bad because so. usually people, the cool thing about beaches on a lake is that usually people are out on boats, so they're not yeah. hanging on the beach. So even if there's a lot of people out and about, they're usually out on the water further. Um, yeah, Wolfboro, New Hampshire. Love it. No, number three now, as we move <laughs> west, uh, my New England geography getting a little mixed up there. We're heading to Vermont. So we've hit Maine. We've been through New Hampshire. Now we're in Vermont. And that is Burlington, Vermont. So I, a bigger, I get small it. town. It's, it's a city. It, it is a city. It has a big university. Um, I believe Burlington is probably, if I'm correct, the biggest city in Maine. In um, Vermont. Uh, excuse me, in Vermont. Jeez, man. Got to get back to New England refresh, but I, I believe it is. Um, it clocks in at 42,000 people, small enough that I felt we could put on this list because it does, it is definitely feels like a town and not a city. And of course, for people like you and I have, who have spent a lot of time around Philadelphia and on, in the, on the East Coast with big cities, Burlington is a great size. It has everything you could want while still feeling very small to us. So Burlington, just yeah. a cool spot. A really cool spot. You can spend a couple of days there days there and really not run out of things to do. And it is the biggest town city. I almost in, said the capital, but I realized yeah. it wasn't. That's Montpelier. Montpelier. So mm-hmm. um I just we had I kept thinking we're gonna take this off because it's too big. And then finally I said, No, this to me is it's the <laughs> It's a cool, small, or big town, small city feel, Burlington, and I couldn't yeah. leave it off the list. It's our podcast, and it's our list, so we can do what we, we want. We do. All right, we're, <laughs> heading, we're heading south now, and I told you guys that I really wanted to go to Saratoga Springs um, in upstate New York, and Heather, growing up in Northeast PA, spent a decent amount of time going into New York, sometimes upstate New York, and there are some really cool towns there. One in particular, very near and dear to my heart because I spent a year of my life there when I went to graduate school. And that is Ithaca, New York. 30,000 people, small enough that I definitely, definitely feel like it feels, feels small. like a town. Yeah. It feels smaller than 30,000 people. And I mean, there are two colleges there. You have Ithaca College and then you have Cornell and you went to Ithaca. Dang, but you're you, outing me. Oh, I always sorry. say I went to school in Ithaca, hoping yeah. people thought I was smart enough to go to Cornell. That's why I say in Ithaca, not <laughs> at Ithaca, but you just outed me. I'm so sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I loved Ithaca um, College. I actually worked over at Cornell, so I got to yes. see both. Cornell, yes. much more beautiful, but that's what happens when you have an Ivy League up against a not Ivy League. <laughs> but it is such a great town for food. There's even wineries on the Finger Lakes there on Ithaca Lake. It's, it's a great spot. Yeah, we have spent Gorgeous. a lot. I mean, obviously, I've spent a lot of time in Ithaca because I lived there for a year and I would do that drive back and forth between Philadelphia and there. Um, you know, about a, it was about a four hour drive. And man, when the weather started to get nice, which is only a small percentage of the time, your school year kind of sucks because it's like September starts like, OK, September and October are nice. October. October starts to get pretty cold. Basically, November through April is brutal. I mean, that wind cuts through you, but the summer months are incredible. And yeah, we just really have loved Ithaca. We've even gone back since I went to school there. We were taking a road trip somewhere. We were going to Toronto. Yeah. And we decided to spend uh, time in Ithaca just to get a feel for it again. And it's, yeah, it's gorgeous. If you get that joke, you've Mm -hmm. been to Ithaca. Uh, Number five on the list, somewhere that is even more near and dear to our hearts in Ithaca, a place we are sitting at this very moment. Yes, and that is, I guess, our current hometown, which we don't usually broadcast what our hometown is because it's outside of Philadelphia. And it is a small town. I mean, it's 17,000 people. So it just... 
barely makes the cut there for small town status, according to travel and leisure. Oh, anyway. travel and leisure is 15,000. 15, oh, so it's over. Um, uh, well, if we move out, yeah. take our brood of four, <laughs> we're getting it close to small town status. So, yes, the small town that we own our regular house at is in Phoenixville. I, hold on. I like that you called it our regular house because <laughs> I, when Wit says this to other people, it makes me sound seem so bougie. And I, I But it's funny. He says... Well, our beach house and our regular house is what he says to people. <laughs> now, just so everyone knows, we are not this regular house that we've lived in for years now in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. We are selling and we are moving to the beach house. But when Wit says it, you know, it's it just sounds so pretentious. Not out of his mouth. But, no. Oh, well, we're going to go to our beach house and we're going to go back to our regular house. I'm like, and oh, hey, there's nothing boy. wrong with having a regular house and a beach house. No, not us, at all. Of course. That's great. Um, It's amazing. But for us, we've been renting our regular house out for the past 10 months while we were living mostly at our beach house and traveling a little bit. And we have decided the time has come to sell this house that we have owned for 13 years, 14, 14 years. And we love it, but you know, it's a small house and we have outgrown it. So it's a great time to sell, but let's talk about Phoenixville because Phoenixville is a fun little town. I almost don't want to talk about it because I feel like it's going to change my mind. (laughs) Uh, We got back here just just a week ago, and as Heather mentioned, we hadn't been here for 10 months, and it is so vibrant. It, If you're not going into the city of Philadelphia, it is the place that now people go to, which is crazy. It is is definitely the hottest suburb outside of Philadelphia, which is, it is wild to think because 14 years ago when I bought here, it was a dilapidated steel town that you could, if you squinted very hard, say maybe someone could make something of this, but it certainly didn't, no one, no one would have guessed the the level that it has grown. Um, well, some city planners might have because uh, in the past 10 years, there have been a lot of new condos and little communities and or big communities rather going in here. And so... I think the projections were that this would be a really up and coming place to live. Now we have a main street, which is really fun because of course, then you can walk to it and there has, there are so many restaurants. There are Let, how let's many breweries that you, we could walk in five minutes from our front door to five breweries, a distillery, two wineries. They just put a metery in. I'm going to say th- th- over 30 restaurants, maybe over 40 um, you know, there's, there's a park right down the road. There's a library right down the road. There's an awesome bookstore owned by our neighbor. There's like even a comic book store now. They do. And, and when we say restaurants, it's not all just pubs. I mean, our friend owns a Thai restaurant. There's a new Caribbean place that went in. There's a ramen shop. There's a Greek place. There's a Greek place. So you have your typical bars and pubs. You have your breweries. You have a two wineries. You have a, a its own distillery. Um, its own meadery and all types of different cuisines. So this town of 17,000 per capita has to have the most drinking establishments <laughs> per capita of any place in the U.S. It's insane. And they took the main street, put all this new stuff in little by little because um, it has been 14 years since since we first you know, moved here. And then they're starting to come up, obviously the other streets that come off there. And so it just keeps growing, growing, growing and is a really... There's so much vibrancy. There's a really young mayor who's about our age who's done some really cool stuff to help spur that on. Um, you know, very friendly to small business. So, yeah, if you are coming to the Philadelphia area and you want a town, a small town to come to and check out, come to Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's pretty We may cool. not live here anymore, but <laughs> we will certainly come back and visit for sure. Absolutely. The next one on our list is in New Jersey. And this is a beach town. You all know that we love, 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 love the beach. Now, Trav grew up going to Ocean City, New Jersey. New Jersey. I just want everyone to declare. I just want to clarify. Ocean City, New Jersey, not Ocean City, Maryland. Uh-huh. Ocean City, New Jersey. I also went there a few times as a teenager before I, I even knew Trav. So we both have experienced a lot of time at the Jersey Shore. And we love Ocean City. It's very family friendly. There's a big boardwalk there. 
it it's really fun to go. It's actually a dry town. Like a dry there are town. no drinking there establishments. Are no drinking establishments. But I mean you can bring your own alcohol to well, of your course. you know. I just beach mean it's a, that's an interesting but yes, there are fact. no bars. Yeah, because it's a fa- they orig- they set it up that way because they wanted it to be America's family resort. Yeah, so if you go out to dinner, you can't get right. You, can't you get cannot have alcohol at a restaurant. Yeah, there. yes. But I guess you know you just go over the bridge and you go somewhere else. But anyway, huge, huge <laughs> liquor and beer store right, <laughs> right over across. the bridge, which is always funny. <laughs> but anyway, we also love the small town of Cape May, which is all the way at the very bottom of New Jersey. And this town reminds me of New England, which is why I love it so much, because it's so quaint and very historic with all of these big, old, beautiful homes and some yeah, great restaurants. Awesome Victorians. Yeah. So both of those towns we kind of threw in there and they're both really small. Um, Cape May is only 3,500 people in Ocean City. I don't know. We don't have the number there, but it's definitely small because if you're there in the winter... There's not a whole lot of other people there. When Jason and I launched Location Indie, it was January. We specifically went to the place that would have no one around, and that was Ocean City, New Jersey. We rented a house for a week. We went to Ocean City, New Jersey. There was three things open. The Wawa, which if you watch Mayor of Easttown, um, you know what Wawa is. Uh, <laughs> an awesome convenience store. That was open. One pizza place, and then the arcade on the boardwalk. And so for seven days, that's what we did. It was like work, arcade, Wawa, pizza. Work, arcade, <laughs> Wawa, pizza, sleep. Um, so, so can you guess the population? Oh, of Ocean, the Ocean full-time City, population of yeah. Ocean City, New Jersey. I'm guessing it's bigger than Cape May. 6,300. Yeah, it's bigger than you would think. It's bigger than 6,300. Wow. Is it Larger. under 15,000? Yes, it is. All right, 11,000. 11,132. So, yes. It's okay. bigger than you think, actually. Bigger I, than I thought, but small. Yeah, there's a lot of homes there. So, yeah, Jersey Shore is great. Heather loves Cape May. I do, too. I just haven't spent that much time there. But it is, Cape May is definitely more beautiful. That is the most, in, in our minds, the most beautiful beach town you're going to get on that stretch of the coast um, is Cape May. All right, we are heading further south now to a place that is your sister's. Like, <laughs> she just wants to be here more than... Actually, both these next two are shout-outs to your sister, yeah, Julie. Yeah, they are. Um, number seven, Southport, North Carolina, a place we had not been to up until this past year when we moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, and discovered Southport. It's a gem. It's just oozing with Southern charm. It's so beautiful, so small, so quaint. You can drive there, obviously, but you can also take the ferry, which is really fun, and it's just a short little ferry. So our kids love going on it, so it's a nice adventure for families. And you take the ferry over, you get off, you drive off, you go into the downtown, and there's some cute restaurants, cute shops, like the beautiful trees like the live oak trees and everybody's house that's in the downtown is just impeccably well kept and the gardens are beautiful and vibrant so you just think you're walking on a movie set which it has been the set of multiple multiple movies uh, because it's just so charming yeah southport sometimes seems fake like you're in certain <laughs> areas like yeah this uh, is this real but incredible um it would be too slow pace of life for me to live there, but, but really, really Yeah, neat. my sister really, she fell in love with it. She's only been there two or three times, but she's like, yeah, I kind of want to move here. I was like, all right, it's pretty small. Pretty Southport. Small. <laughs> Number eight, also a shout out to your sister, Julie, because the reason we've been to this town, and it is the biggest one on our list, but it still feels small. And I think it the reason it feels small is the downtown area is not that big. And then I'm sure the population number encapsulates a lot of the suburbs so around So much it. suburbs, really beautiful, affluent suburbs of and Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee. And Julie used to live there. And that's why that's the first, first time we ever went to Nashville was because she was in Franklin. Nashville's cool. We've talked about Nashville a ton on this podcast. Love Nashville for itself, but Franklin should not be missed either. 78,000 people, I think I already mentioned that. But again, a lot of that is probably the suburbs around it. The downtown area isn't that big. It is. It feels small towny, and yeah, it they do it right. Again, sometimes you're walking around Franklin and you think, all right, I'm walking down the main street of a movie set. Yeah, um, really so. beautiful and great restaurants and beautiful shops as well. Really 
awesome small businesses there to support. One of the cool things I like about small towns and all these small towns we're listing on the list is that they're so different based on where they are. Like a New England small town is certainly much different than a Southern small town. And it's more, it's different than some of the small towns we're going to get to as we start heading West here. It, I feel like small towns really encapsulate the essence of that area and the people who live there. Like when you find a small town, you can be like, oh, this is quintessential New England. This is quintessential <laughs> Southern small town. This feels like a quintessential, you know, Western town. You know, it, it they do feel like if what you right, see in a movie. Yeah. yeah. And that's or because read in a book. That's the point, right? They When they write movies and, and write books, it's to get the feelings that you feel through when you yeah. walk through some of these small towns. Um, Number nine is one that you haven't been to. This, talk about a feeling. I was here for one day and one <laughs> night on a road trip home from Wyoming when I drove old Bess home from Wyoming to Pennsylvania. And this town feels like Mayberry. We pulled into this town, had no idea what it was like. Never heard of it. Pulled in because there was supposed to be a decent brewery called Toppling Goliath. So if you're if you're a beer fan, maybe you know, oh, Decorah, Iowa. And we pull in and we went to the top of Goliath and that was cool. And we're like, well, let's go see the town. And me and my buddy Napkins are driving around and like, whoa, this is this is cool. Like this is a neat town. And so we we slept in a uh baseball field, like parking lot of a baseball field. Next day went, there was a coffee shop that we went to downtown. There was another brewery. So their main downtown strip again feels very well kept up and everyone we talked to were like well this is a fun time like oh yeah decor is the best and <laughs> i was like everyone in decor loves decor went to a grocery store where they were still wearing like the white aprons oh, that cute. someone would be wearing and like the little white hats you feel like you're going back into the 50s <laughs> it it was like time traveling and um i this was the most unexpected small town I've ever come across because I, I had never heard of it. And I instantly thought, this is what a Midwest small town should be. This is Mayberry. Yeah. Sounds adorable. It is. <laughs> Number 10, a place that you and I have spent quite a bit of time at, clocking in at 4,900 people, full-time residents. Yeah. A another- lot of second homes in this uh, wonderful mountain town. A lot of second homes. <laughs> Breckenridge, Colorado. Yeah. This is quite a hot spot now, I think, especially for people who are traveling to Colorado and want to see kind of the quintessential Colorado Town, I know. And don't want to get like as far off the beaten path yes. as tell your rider crest of butte. Exactly. Because you can get to um Breck. Breck, sorry. <laughs> From Denver. Yes. In, in two and a half? Yeah, like hours? two, two and a half hours. So it's the most ex- one of the most accessible mountain towns from Denver, which yeah. and makes it's it easy just to get to. it's really beautiful because unlike Vale, um, and we have actually never been to Aspen, but you know, Vail is like a big mountain town, but it's almost like Disneyland Vail for is mountains. Disneyland, you yes. know, it, it it has like a fabricated kind of small town area of it. So Breckenridge actually is a small town. It was like a mining town in the mountains. And it's just so stunning and so beautiful. And there's a lot to do there. There's a lot of eating and drinking to do. And in have, the off season, you get hooked up yep. because, you know, you have these amazing, like most seasonal places, amazing restaurants that then stay open in the off season that do like two for one dinners. Basically, they're like, we got to pay our bills mm-hmm. and pay our employees through the the less busy times. And then we'll make all our money during the busy season. So we took advantage of that. A lot. Yeah. Many a good happy hour in Breck. Yep. So amazing, amazing high quality restaurants. There's Breckenridge Distillery, which has amazing tastings and liquor and super fun. They And they have so many events all at the distillery, but also in Breckenridge. They have lots of fun town events. Like we were there for a beer fest, like um, Oktoberfest thing. And, yep. you know, they just have lots of really cool things. Also, nature hello it's in the mountains so you've got hiking you've got biking of course you have skiing in the winter but even in the off season we were there most of the time in the through august and september when we were house sitting quite a few years back and it was incredible to when be there the aspens during that turn time. yeah and you Man. just see the little yellow aspen leaves everywhere it's just a wonderful 
wonderful small town. And it's a great base to use to get to a lot smaller towns, like really small towns mm-hmm. around Breck. Um, so if you're looking for a Colorado mountain town, yeah, that we said is easily accessible. You could fly into Denver and hit Breck for a couple of days. Um, obviously it's a, it's a decent mountain to ski on. I've skied there a few times. Um, but really uh, we thought it shined in the, in the fall, uh, fall and summer as well. So Breck, we love you. Spent a lot of, I mean, all told probably have spent three, three months of our life there. So yeah. a decent amount of time, quote unquote, living in Breck. Um, number 11, Another one that I hit that Heather hasn't been to, and this was on my road trip back from Montana, and that was Cody, Wyoming. I don't know, and I don't want to know if if it's like how Heather talked about Vail, like that prefabricated, <laughs> um, okay, Cody was not really like this, but now someone came in and Disney-fied it, or if it's just happened organically. But when you're in Cody, Wyoming, yes, of course, there's some touristy stuff, but I just pulled in and felt like, hey, like they're going to walk out of that saloon and have a gunfight. Um, <laughs> it it just was a really neat feeling. And again, maybe maybe that people who know more or spent more time, they're like, oh, don't go to Cody. Cody's fake. And this is better. I don't know. Or maybe or maybe not. But it gave me the feeling I wanted to have I wanted to have when I was driving through a Wyoming town. Yeah, it's like. Yep, stopped, had lunch, ate a peanut butter and jelly out the back of my van, looked at the mountains, went and got ice cream, <laughs> walked around, went to the post office there. Yeah, just- Mailed me some postcards, mailed. me and Wit at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I've never been to Wyoming. So there's there will definitely be a Western road trip at some point. Not this year, though, because we have too many other things going on, but- Wyoming sounds incredible. A place that will add probably to that Western road trip that we have both been to and fell in love with. And to be honest, everyone falls in love with. Sedona. Sedona, Arizona is number 12 on the list. And my goodness, it's so unlike anywhere else we'd ever been before. Just the landscape, like the dry, arid desert with the red rocks. And we did some hikes there. And it was just absolutely incredible. And the culture and the shopping just amazing. Uh, the food, one of my favorite meals I've ever had. Love this restaurant so much that we went back two different times. Alote Cafe. Incredible. Go to Alote Cafe. <laughs> they, they didn't and probably still don't take reservations. So you are going to have to wait. But we went two nights in a row. We waited an hour each night. They this have really good, they have <laughs> really good popcorn while you wait. So that that's a treat. But yeah, still to this day, one of the best restaurants we've ever been to in the U.S. Yes, and you can just go hiking. You now, when we were there, we stayed at a Hilton, I believe, which was an amazing Hilton with a great pool and sauna, spa, and hot tub situation. Just really amazing to be there tucked into the landscape. It's incredible. Yeah, we just scratched the surface on Sedona and that mm-hmm. area. And I, that is in, that is a place that I'm dying to get back to, to really explore more because there is so much to uncover in the town. And then of course, outside of the town and and in the nature around it. Um, the next couple of ones, you know, we're heading to the West Coast. Coast. Obviously there had to be some from the West Coast. So California has quite a few. Yeah. Little towns. I know you think LA or San Francisco or San Diego, but there's lots of cute, amazing small towns. Yes. In the, there were a few that I wanted to put on here that we just didn't spend enough time in, even even to count, like um Carmel by the Sea. We've been like driven through and loved it. Monterey, we were gonna uh oh, excuse me, never mind. Monterey is on the list. It's coming up. Yeah, actually. we were okay. there for quite a while. Uh, all right, Monterey. let's we'll start. Okay, let's start. Um in the south and and head north. So 13 is Solana Beach, which has 13,000 people. And Solana Beach is right outside of Encinitas. So we actually stayed in Encinitas. Encinitas, 62,000. So we were like, does this count? Eh." You have some other ones on here that are... Yeah, Franklin is Franklin is bigger. Encinitas, I spent more time in then I you I think you biked or something to I Solana? biked to Solana Beach. Yeah. And just for a day and day. I mean, we drove through it a few times too, but just thought, okay, Encinitas is cool, mm-hmm. but a little busier. Solana Beach, 
This is like, this is a Small beach town. town beach. Yeah, this is a beach town. So just that area. But specifically for me, I have, yeah, I have just a very vivid memory of that day biking there, going to two breweries, eating at a pizza place and thinking, this is pretty kicked back. Not that <laughs> Encinitas isn't kicked back. Encinitas is pretty chill too. But there's just more going on. So um, you can't go wrong with either of those. And then I already, I mean, I, I blew this one. I, I, for some reason, didn't see it on the list. Moving up north a bit as we go up the coast, Monterey, California. Yeah, what a beautiful little town. You've got the aquarium there. You've got lots of great restaurants and just very charming right there on the coast. Such a beautiful Beautiful spot. And, yeah. you know, it's not too tiny. It's 28,000 people. So there is, you know, there's a nice vibe there where there's people out and about and like good restaurants and things to see and do. And then right up from there or right down from there is Camp, no, Cambria is south of Monterey. Yes, Cambria is south. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's without a map. Like now, I'm yeah. like, uh oh. It was forward. a while ago that we did yes. this trip. I Cambria mean, is, is south of Monterey. And this was actually the last time when we were taking the PCH down. We started in San Francisco. And Cambria is like where we basically turned around to come back. Um, and so we just, we, we were coming in around three or four, like we got to turn around because we were going back north that night and uh, stopped in Cambria. They, had, they were having a farmer's market and we're just like, where are we? Is this... Is this a postcard? Um, so Cambria, California, only 5,000 people. I still look at real estate there. Well, 99% <laughs> chance will not move there. But 99% chance. I just see it's probably never going to happen. But I yeah. still sometimes look because I just, I was enchanted by that small town. Um, we hung out. We, we obviously then turned around. Um, we had spent the night before, I believe, in Monterey. So we didn't have to drive the whole way from San Francisco. But we were, um, then we went back up. Yeah, Monterey, uh, you know, it helps that. All of these places have incredible drives. You know, I mean, you're you're driving on one of the most scenic roads in the world. Yeah. And so the towns themselves are cool, but it's almost like the towns are the cherry on top of the epic road trip because you're taking the road trip and then you're saying, well, yeah, of course I'm going to stop in this little town. So it just all works as a package. Yeah, sure. and it's just beautiful. I mean, the PCH is one of the most epic road trips that you can possibly do. And when we left Cambria, I remember we drove away from the coast and we started going up in the mountains and it was like the sun was setting. It was the golden hour and it was just... We passed Hidden Valley yeah, Ranch. Just looking it up on the map, I think it's like the actual Hidden Valley Ranch, like the dressing. We think. <laughs> I does, think. I, we have, uh, this probably can be confirmed with a very quick Google search, but let us know, guys. We passed this thing that said Hidden Valley Ranch. We're like, hmm, that logo looks the same as Hidden <laughs> Valley Ranch dressing. I, what's the story behind that? Did it come from there? Um, so, yeah, love that part of the country for sure. And another another area that we've only briefly explored and, and certainly want to spend more time there, our last town on the list and this this is a, it by def by everyone's definition falls under small town because it's nine thousand eight hundred people and we had the pleasure of being here and camping near this and then spending some time in the town and we're going a bit further north up into astoria oregon right at the very 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 tippy top of the state just cool very just cool. cool it's right there where you know the ocean meets i think the columbia river and so, you know, it's like big shipping, um, barges, and just like just really cool small town, a couple of cute restaurants. I think we ate at a brewery, went to a coffee shop that was good. And we got those donuts that people ask us about on Instagram. And we just like, do don't... you remember the coffee shop you went to and that you talked about in your podcast? I have and I tried. don't even know if it still exists. I'm going to tell you guys. One. We talk about these like little apple cider donut hole things that we got at a coffee shop in Astoria, Oregon. And I have spent an hour and a half <laughs> going and Google street viewing every coffee shop I could find in downtown Astoria and none of them ring a bell. Are bad for not so, like writing down the name for sure. But there's only like three There's cafes. more now. Are there's, there more now? I, it took me an hour and a half to okay. street view and really try to figure this out. 
Uh, I looked at menus. I don't know if the <laughs> apple cider donuts were like just a seasonal thing or like a one-off. We just got them on a whim it'll and they just, were so good. It'll be one of those travel memories that, you know, we try to write everything down for you all and give you as many recommendations as possible. That will be one that may just always continue to be a mystery. Unless we go back and we, you know, make it our mission to find them. <laughs> I mean, Astoria, Oregon also claimed the fame as the Goonies house. Which I've never um, seen. So the movie, not the house. I saw the Goonies house, saw the house which saw is the a cool thing because now that we have had a movie filmed at our house, which we're actually going to talk about in the next podcast episode. So if you're interested in that, uh, it's just neat. It's neat that that house, I'm sure not for the owners anymore, like lives in is famous because we did what probably those owners don't like. We drove up this little drive, <laughs> like taking pictures outside of their house. Um, even though Heather's never seen the movie, it's like, you got to go to the Goonies house. So, um, sorry guys, hopefully that doesn't happen to us and our house. This movie will not be as big as the Goonies, I don't think. So, um, you never know, you never know, but Astoria, Oregon. Yeah. Just neat, cool, funky, fun, everything you'd want in Oregon, small town, like the drive there from mm -hmm. Portland is cool. Cause you go through some cool areas, you go through Tillamook, you get in, you know, you get into the forest. Yeah. There's just a lot to love about Astoria, and that's why it's one of the top 15 on our list. I know. And you know what? We've only scratched the surface because the U.S. is made up of small towns. They're so large. There are so many amazing small towns. So I know that some of you out there have a small town that you love or live in and want to let us know so that we can Please. hit it on some road trip at some point in our future. And we would love to hear from you. So make sure you leave a comment on Instagram or send us a direct message on Instagram because that is how we check things. Yeah. When we put up the podcast on, as a post on Instagram, the easiest way, the most fun way for all of us would be if you commented under that post so that we could see everyone's list of small towns. You guys could share small towns with each other because we are small town junkies and will be for life. It's super fun visiting these small towns, everything from stumbling upon Decorah, Iowa and having no idea to like, you know, the, the more known places, some of those Vermont and Maine towns that, that you talked about have are pretty well known. Um, yeah, we love it. So small town junkies, let us know on Instagram what those are. And uh, thank you guys for listening. If you agree or disagree, we'd love to hear that too. Um, and when you're thinking of small towns, we're going we're, we're gonna to make it easy on you. If it feels like a small town to you, it's a feeling inside. It's not a number. It's not 25,000 or under 15,000. It's a feeling. If it feels like a small town, it's a small town to you. Let us know on Instagram. So thank you guys At so much. Extra Pack of Peanuts. At Extra Pack of <laughs> Peanuts. That is right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support as always. That makes us one of the number one of the number one, one of the top rated, the number one travel podcast out there. And until next time, happy free travels. Lightning struck in an open plain, and we forgot this old city's name. See your breath on window pane, lets us talk till it strikes again. On my way through I saw you on my way through On my way through I saw you And I'll see you again We have to move off on those donuts. Those donuts. Yum. Those donuts. <laughs>